Welcome to Sprinkles in Your Day with your host, Monique. Let's enjoy the day together with inspiration, hope, joy, and love coming your way. Wherever you are, just press play, relax, sit back, grab a water, smoothie, coffee, or tea. We are here to inspire you to reach for your dreams and your goals while adding some sprinkles along the way. And let's face it, who doesn't love sprinkles on their ice cream, donuts, or cupcakes? It just makes everything taste better. So, without further ado, let's jump in. Everyone has a story, and on this podcast, it will be heard. I love to listen to other people's podcasts that are just uplifting and inspiring to my soul. And so each week I'm going to pull from each podcast an interview. All right, you're going to be hearing someone sharing their story to uplift and encourage you and to let you know that you're not alone in this. Okay, and you can make it through whatever it is. All right. And I want you to pull up a chair right now, single ladies, especially this one is for you. This interview is conducted by Tara Sun, and she is interviewing a young lady by the name of Maddie Pruitt Trout. All right. So you hear all about her story in this interview. Um, she's sharing about how to not settle and find God's best for your life. All right. So let's enjoy this interview together. Be inspired and uplifted. Here we go. Like, I feel like there are a lot of people who come to this conversation about like God's love and relationships, and it feels really cheesy. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, you know, the love that we're looking for in Christ is already ours. Like, how does that actually make a difference in my relationship? Sometimes it can be like this, like overhyped thing in the Christian circles when it shouldn't be. And your book really explains how like God's love is our origin story and it dictates everything else that we do. And it overflows into our romantic relationships and it actually does matter. And so I just want to ask, like you said, you started writing this when you were single. So why this message? And why now? I'd love to hear. So I was single and in a season of being so miserable. I was Mm -hmm. so frustrated with God. And I was like, why is this thing that I so badly want being given to everyone else but Mm me? It felt like every single one of my friends were getting married. I was truly the definition of always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like, I think I caught... 15 wedding bouquets. I'm not even kidding. I bought so many wedding bouquets. And I was like, isn't this supposed to mean I'm going to get married next? And it just, yeah. And I just remember being so frustrated and it was just, it was, it was hard because I was like, okay, you know, not only is this like an unmet expectation and the loss of a dream, you know, if I expected to be married by this point, I expected to start having kids at this point. Um, but it also just starts to make you feel like there's something wrong with you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I started wrestling with just even being confident in who I am because I was comparing myself to what other people had and what other people were getting. And I started asking things like, am I the problem? Is there something wrong with me? Am I hard to love? Am I not enough? Mm. And I just remember having that 
frustrated moment with God and just asking those questions and then starting to get mad at him and being like, why aren't you giving me, you know, this thing that I want? And it was in that moment where I felt like the Lord just really spoke to my heart, convicted me, gave me a nice little, you know, heart check and just spoke to me and just was like, Maddie, you're looking for all the right things Mm. in all the wrong places. Like you were trying to find this lasting love, this love that satisfies and meets every single need and makes you feel more whole and makes you feel less lonely and completes you and gives you what you're looking for. But at the end of the day, my love alone can do that. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment where I was like, God, you're right. Like I was trying to say like Jesus plus something equals everything, you know, Jesus plus a spouse, Jesus plus the relationship status, Jesus plus the perfect home and marriage and kids and all the things like then God, you're enough. And he's just like, that's not, that's not how it works, you know? And so in that moment, I realized, okay, I already have in Christ everything that I need. Like he alone is enough. He is what I'm looking for. And then my singleness, single and bitter turned really quick to like single and thriving. And I started Mm -hmm. loving the season that God had me. And I started really diving into his word. And I I started reading in first Corinthians seven, as it was talking about how it's better to be unmarried than married because Mm. you get undivided devotion to Jesus. And so I started realizing, wow, like there's such a gift of singleness and I don't want to miss out because I'm not where I want to be. And I just started asking God to give me contentment for the season that he had me in. And so I would just ask him like, Lord, help me be content. I don't want to miss you here because Mm. I'm not over there. Yeah. And I just kept praying that prayer over and over again. And he would give me, he would give me so much contentment. I, I started developing healthy habits. I started really becoming complete and confident in who I was in Christ. Yeah. Um, and then really started finding godly community and surrounding myself with good people and getting plugged into local church and healing parts of my heart that needed healing. And so, um, yeah, really went from like single and better to single and thriving. And then somewhere along the writing process, I actually met Grant. And okay, so, so it was really- when you were writing it. Yes, while I was so writing cool. it, it was just so, cool. so the grace of God, truly. Yeah. Um, and you know, it doesn't always it doesn't always work out like that. Yeah. Um, but it did for me for this book, and I'm thankful for that because I was able to really write from those different vantage points. And right. I know for me, when I was you know single and struggling, or dating and evaluating, or trying to figure out you know how to be a wife and what makes a good wife and what I should look for in a spouse, I really wanted to read a book from someone that was in that same season as me or that could Mm -hmm. really relate to what I was going through. And you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, we live in a world today where there's just, there's so many cultural pressures and norms, but then there's also like all of these cheesy Christian things that we've heard a million of times. And I really wanted to almost like break free from both of those things. Like I wanted to take all of these cultural phrases and things that are like social media and culture has ingrained in our heads and our minds with music, movies, media. And I wanted to take those things and make those my chapter titles and kind of talk about those throughout the book, but then also add biblical principles and God's word to those things. And so we have all these different, you know, chapters in the book, like he completes me, um, drive before you buy red flag Mm, alert. Yeah so many different things that we talk about in the book that are very pick me, you know, that are very common phrases in today's culture, but then adding God's word to what that looks like. Um, and the true inspiration behind this book is actually the two greatest commandments that we've probably grown up hearing a million of times. And I heard these 
for the first, like, or not for the first time, but in a new light, um, when I was having that moment with the Lord and he spoke to me and was like, Maddie, you're looking for the right thing in all the wrong places. Mm. He laid Matthew 22, 36 through 40 on my heart. And when I looked it up, I was like the two greatest commandments. Like I can recite this in my sleep. Like I know these, I've heard it a million times. Yeah. But it was like he brought something new to my eyes. And it was like when I read over it, I saw kind of the not only the importance of the three loves that are discussed in those verses, but also the importance of the order of those three loves. And so it right. talks about in those verses, the two greatest commandments to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. One of our amazing sponsors is Factor Meals and our podcast is better off because of our sponsors. Visit factormeals.com slash truthtalks50 and use code truthtalks50 to get 50% off. What I've learned about myself is that if I don't name and acknowledge what is stressing me out, the obstacle in the way, that it will only be harder for me to overcome it and change. So I want to admit one stressor to you right now. My current stressor has been making meals and grocery shopping. Now, I don't know if it's because of the holiday season and we're recovering from a nasty cold over here, or we're just feeling the effects of being very busy. It's been hard for me to think ahead and to meal prep and even some days muster up the energy energy to cook. But Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of it all and is here to set us all up for the success we crave in the new year. Here's what sets Factor apart. They are always fresh and never frozen, ready to go in just two minutes. But they aren't just quick and easy. They're also loaded with healthy ingredients and available in Protein Plus and Keto Options, which sounds like a dream when it comes to staying on top of all of our New Year goals. They have everything me, my husband, and my toddler need, not just dinners for the whole family or quick lunches before nap time, but snacks and smoothies and energy bites and so much more. So head to factormeals.com slash truthtalks50 and use code truthtalks50 for 50% off. That's code truthtalks50 at factormeals.com slash truthtalks50 to get 50% off today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is it just me or are you seeing the phrase new year, new you all over the place? I mean, I get it, right? We all want to implement resolutions, goals, and change our lives. But what about instead of trying to reinvent ourselves, what if we just put that energy into the people that we are today, all while continuing to grow in grace? You see, the beauty of therapy is that it helps you find your strengths and make changes that really stick way past the new year. You know, there was this time in my life where I didn't want to open up about my relationship with counseling and therapy, but not anymore. There is so much freedom in releasing your burdens and allowing someone else to give you the tools you need. I've seen it in my own life to help me cope with anxiety better and also has reminded me of God's truth in really hard seasons. And it's not just for those who have undergone trauma. If you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it fits into your schedule. After filling out their brief questionnaire, you're matched with a therapist, but you also have the freedom to switch therapists at any time to get the progress and see the connection that you long for. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Truth Talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Truth talks. And so I talk about what it looks like to love God 
and to be loved by God and for that to be the foundation. And then mm-hmm. second, what it looks like to even love and value ourselves and not the way the world tells us to, like not right. the self-love the world is like, hey, here's how to love yourself, you know, treat yourself like some God, <laughs> yeah. not at all. God's word actually says, you know, it's actually dying to ourselves, where we find out who we truly, truly are mm-hmm. and how we live um, the way he's called us to live. But, but what it looks like, how we can value ourselves and set high standards and know our worth and not look to other people to try and tell us who we are. And then lastly, like you talked about, once those two relationships are strong and steady, then we can take on, you know, how right. do we build relationships with other people? How do we navigate romantic relationships and friendships and things like that, that just come with so many questions and so many, um, confusing, you know, things that you can't always predict, but you can be prepared. And so we Mm -hmm. talk about all of those things, um, all throughout the book. And it's been really cool. Like I said, you know, just writing this single, but the still like the same message applies Mm -hmm. And in marriage. <laughs> yeah. You know, isn't it funny? I love that you touched on that, Maddie. We're like, it's so funny how even as a Christian, we get it all confused. We start listening okay. to voices on social media, um, through culture, through other people, like whether or not we realize it or not, like I have seen myself kind of like be pulled into some of the secular ideologies, not only about relationships, relationships, but about my life, about yeah. my purpose, about my work. And I had to like stop myself in my tracks and be like, wait, wait, wait that's not of God. And that's really warping my view. Like I wrote my book from the point of like, I started believing the world's lies that I could hustle, that I could do it all, that I didn't have to wait for anyone, that I was my own boss. And then I'm like, wait, 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 Luke 9, 23, we're literally supposed to die to ourselves, take up our crosses and follow Jesus. It's so countercultural. I love how each chapter is set up like that. I did want to ask too, when you were talking, Maddie, I have a few friends that are, I mean, I have so many friends in different stages of life, you know, single, dating, engaged, married, kids, all the things. Um, But some of my single friends that are just kind of like live in life. And I love that. That's where God has them right now. Some of the questions that they have for me though, is like, do I need to get myself cleaned up and get myself completely together before meeting someone like that is a big question that is a big thing that they're drawn to like I need to be at this level before I go looking for a relationship what would you say to that because that is a huge thing I think we hear in Christian circles I even get DMs saying like oh like what would you encourage me to do before this happens like what are your thoughts on that because that is huge right now yeah I mean I think that just it, it speaks to the lie that many of us have believed that love is works-based and that love is performance-based, you know, and thinking that if we could just do more or be more or yeah. look more or change ourselves or fix ourselves, then, you know, God will love us more. Then we will be picked or chosen by people. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe that's what scripture says. You know, we're not saved because of our good works. We're saved by grace. Mm-hmm. We're saved because of his love. Right. But the crazy thing is, is we're not saved because of our good works, but we are saved to do good works. So it's not our works or our performance or our efforts that get us God's love and affection, nor should it be, you know, for our relationships with other people. Um, but I think for me, you know, the perspective that I would really just challenge, um, you know, your friends, my friends, anybody listening is again, really the heartbeat of the message of this book is that God's love alone fully satisfies. And when we fully fall in love with him and 
with allowing him to meet our every longing and need and not be looking for something else while simultaneously saying that he satisfies, but truly be content with just looking to him and trusting in him Mm -hmm. while working on ourselves. I do believe every day we should want to be better than the day before every day. We should want to look more like Jesus than the day before. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I believe that is biblical. I just, um, I just want to encourage, you know, those listening. I think that the enemy can really lie to us to make us think that it's up to us to, you know, get the job, win the husband, um, land the opportunity. And it's all about us. It's for us. It's because of us. It's by us. And it's like, no, (laughs) you know, my Bible tells me that he is for all things in all things because Mm -hmm. of all things he holds all things together it's by him through him because of him for him like it's all jesus and so i think just to honestly hopefully help those listening take the pressure off that is a really heavy burden to carry to feel like you have to be perfect you always have to look you know perfect have the perfect thing to say, do the perfect thing to catch that person's eye. And I just want to say God is so much bigger than that. And he is sovereign. He, he knows the desires of your heart. He knows what you need, what you want, when you need it. And I think that just can take the pressure off of ourselves that it's up to us. And my greatest piece of advice would be to just abide, like just get before God and continue to offer up those prayers. Like I was very honest and vulnerable. Like I shared earlier, like it wasn't pretty what this yeah. book was birthed from. Like, <laughs> it wasn't. like I was, I was on the end of my bed crying, ugly tears, mm-hmm. like angrily yelling at God saying, this isn't fair. And I think sometimes like we just need to be honest with God, like just be Mm -hmm. honest with him and just share your heart, but continue to chase and run to him rather than to something or someone else, or even to yourself to try and find it like in yourself, but taking it to God and say, these are the desires of my heart, but I'm going to continue to lay this before you because I know that you know best for me and I want your will to be done for me. Um, And I think when I ultimately got to that point, that was when I was able to be content in my season and be content with who I was like, be content with who God made me to be and not feeling a lack of value or comparing who I was to someone else because maybe they had the relationship or they Mm -hmm. had the thing. Um, but I was able to grow in contentment because I started taking my longings to the only one that could fully satisfy and Mm -hmm. tell me, you know, who I truly was and what my true purpose and calling was. Um, and so I, I do think that hopefully is encouraging to those listening that it's really not up to you and it's not, you know, based on your merit or your efforts and, one of my favorite passages is Ephesians 2, um, specifically 8 through 10. And it just talks all about like, it is by grace we have been saved. Yep. And we were created in him, you know, like we were, we are his masterpiece created in him to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Right. Like he already right. knew who we were going to be, what we were going to do before we even took our first breath. Um, and so just continuing to remember, I think the sovereignty of God. And then even when things aren't working out, like we want them to just Mm -hmm. dropping it off at the feet of God. It's good. It's good. And can we be honest here? Like marriage relationships, kids, everything, they're all extras. 
Like, yeah. they're incredible. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Maddie and I love being married. I love being a mom. Like, they're the best blessings, I would say. It's one mm-hmm. of the best be- blessings from God, but they're all extras because what were we really created for? We yeah. were created for God. We were created for relationship with Him. And all of these extra things are blessings. They're blessings from God, but they're yeah. not exactly what we were meant to find our satisfaction in. When I was like thinking about this conversation and thinking about your book, Maddie, I was reading in First John, and First John is like covered with love. You know this, like I'm, yeah. yeah, I know you did so much study and research in that as well, because he just talks so much about what it looks like to have a relationship with God first, um, and love and satisfaction in Him. In chapter four, in verse eight, it says, "Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love." And I was thinking about that. That's literally what it is, because. When we first know who God is, then we get to know what love is. And then when we know what love is and who God is, then we can actually go out and love other people in our relationships. And I even think it's easy to look at like Maddie, your life or my life, people that have like public lives and think like, well, they have the marriage, they have the kids, they have dated at least, you know, a couple times. And I've never, maybe someone's listening to this and like, I've never had a successful relationship. I've never had that satisfaction, even in a temporary, but I would just have to tell you that like, I'm still battling it too. Like in marriage, when I was dating as a mom, like What seems like you're fulfilled in every way that you could be. I'm still every day searching for that. And truthfully, as a new mom, like I try to find that in my son and he is like the greatest part of my heart. And I I try to find that in him, in him. And at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, like I'm really still searching. But like when I start there and give him and my husband and everyone else in my life, the overflow, Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I thrive. But yeah. I'm constantly still battling this. So, okay, I want to kind of transition into like some like relationship things because we're all looking for that love again. I mean, I feel like the people in the single seasons of life and the dating seasons of life, it feels like more pressing because you want to get married. You want to have that. And it's the one of the sweetest and purest longings and desires of life. I really believe that marriage is such a beautiful picture of what it means to be in covenant relationship with Christ, but we're all going after that. So You have learned so much again in your seasons of like literally writing this book, not only just in these (laughs) so many different seasons, but I would be curious to know, like just on the super practical level to the girl listening to this. And it's like, I'm either in a relationship right now or I want to be, um, and I want to make sure that I get it right. Um, and I want to make sure that I do it well, regardless if the the first guy I date is who I marry, because truthfully, it's not always like that. It wasn't like that for me. I know it wasn't like that for Maddie. Um, but like, how can I do it well, or at least God honoring? I think one of the first things we need to talk about is like, actually like making sure we're aware of the, of the red flags. You talk about one of your chapters is the red flag. So what uh, in your opinion, practically, are some like red flags to look out for, like just at the base level? Because I think sometimes we want to like be lighthearted and just have fun with dating, but we also need to be very discerning and wise, like the Bible tells us when we're looking for someone. So like, what are some that you have looked out for and seen in your past and some that you would encourage those listening in? Yeah, absolutely. Man, so much I want to speak to and those are such good yeah. questions. And one verse that just comes to my mind immediately when you're talking about red flags is Luke 6:39 and it says, "Can the blind can the blind lead the blind? Mm. Like will they not both fall into the pit?" Wow. And I think that's why it's so important that we know who we are, that we know what we're looking for and that we're finding people to do life with not only romantically, but any type of relationship friendship wise, um, that 
we constantly are leading each other towards the vision that God has given us and what he has for us. And that's pushing us closer to Jesus and closer to his purpose for our life. Um, I think that is so, so important. And so I talk all about the chapter of that title uh, or of the book is love is blind. And then the subtitle is red flag alert. Mm. And we talk about like seven different red flags in the book and just a few um, that are covered is one dating for who they could be like dating Mm -hmm. potential. Um, if you're trying to date someone for who they might be one day or who they could possibly be one day, you're really dating a fantasy because it might not ever change. Um, I think that is something that at least for me, I believed a lot of times in my dating history, like, Oh, it'll get better or they'll change or I I can change them. And you know, one thing I learned real quick is like, if they're trying to become better for you, they might become bitter because of you. And so Mm -hmm. it can't be who changes someone. It has to be the Holy spirit. And that's not something we can control. And this even applies to marriage. Like again, just the other day, I literally had to remind myself, I'm like, Maddie, you're not Grant's Holy Spirit. Maddie, you're not Grant's Holy Spirit. Like stop trying to be his Holy Spirit. Mm. And I think a lot of times we do this just like as women, we, we can like, we like to control, you know, we want to be in control. We want things to be the way that we want them, our timelines, our way, our desires. Mm. And I just, like that's something I've had to continually remind myself. And so in the dating context, don't date them for who they could be, date them for who they are right now. And let that be a person that is wholeheartedly seeking after Jesus with all of their heart. And that is pushing you closer to Jesus. Like my favorite thing about Grant was that he led me to fall in love with Jesus more. Like Mm. every time I left hanging out with him, I wanted to go spend more time with Jesus. Like he challenged my faith. He challenged my character. Um, and just like, yeah, the kind of person I wanted to be and how I wanted to live my life for Jesus. Um, another one that I talk about as a red flag is like, if their beliefs don't align, uh, or if their behaviors don't align with their beliefs, yeah, like if yeah. they say one thing, but then they do something else. I've seen that a lot, even in friendship dynamics, you know, people say, Hey, like, I really, I'm a Christian. I really believe this. I, I, I believe God's word. And I'm like, but you're not following God's word. You say you believe God's word. You say you're a Christian, but you're not following God's commands when it comes to purity, when it comes to, um, alcohol, when it comes mm. to how you dress, when it comes to how you talk, like none of the fruits of your life reflect that you love Jesus. And so that's just something that I think is super, super important when it comes to how do you, how do you navigate? Like, is this the person for me? Look at that person's patterns, look at their behaviors because their patterns and their behaviors and their actions will point to, I mean, ultimately what they value and what they believe. And so I'm a big believer in action over intention because anyone have good intentions literally anybody can have yes yes but if their behavior is not following those intentions then that is a red flag um and that's obviously not to say that we can't make mistakes but that's why i spoke to patterns because look at what they're consistently doing Mm, yeah Um, if they're consistently dropping the f-bomb if they're consistently listening to really bad music if they're consistently getting drunk or drinking much if they're consistently hanging around bad people I mean those are things to really be looking at and not overlooking because the red flags that we tolerate or ignore at the beginning end up laying the groundwork for the kind of relationship Mm. that we built and so we cannot you know turn a blind eye or say maybe it'll get better sure because a lot of times 
it doesn't get better. And yeah. so yeah. just want to make sure that you're really paying attention um, to those persons, you know, to that person's behaviors and their patterns. Right. When someone shows you who they are, like believe them, mm-hmm. just believe them. Don't try right. and justify it. Don't try and make sense of it. Just believe it that when they show you who they are, like believe that. And so right. those are some of the seven red flags talked about in you know, I, I have like a whole chapter on dating. I have a whole chapter on marriage material and like the things to be looking for in a relationship and the things you should be looking out for, but also seeing like you should Mm -hmm. be evaluating, you know, not only is this the kind of person that I have waited for and prayed for and they're God's best, but even evaluating Mm -hmm. the two of you together, like are we God's best together? Because sometimes you can have two great people, but it don't make a great relationship. Right, um, right. That has been my story multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same. So, yeah, I'm like, you got to lean into that. And yeah. I'm really thankful that I paid attention to that um, early on. Just, you know, yeah. paying attention. Like, yeah. do I have peace? Like, is this God's best? And so those were right, questions right. asked constantly throughout the relationship. So evaluating yourself, evaluating them, but also evaluating, you know, the two of you together is something that's at least really helped me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking Proverbs, what, what chapter is it's somewhere in Proverbs because Proverbs has so much practical wisdom and it's literally like one of the verses says bad company corrupts good morals. Yes. And I was just thinking when you're talking to Maddie, like when, if you were to analyze a relationship you're in or a future one and say, this guy is not leading me towards the Lord. He is not a godly influence. He's doing all these things and, and you decide to break it off or just not pursue it. It's not that you're like, unloving to them it's not like you're condemning them it's just knowing your worth and also their worth too knowing that we're not going to be a good match because we're not going to be pursuing the lord together and it's not saying that they'll never change it's just recognizing that it's not the best situation for that person to grow in and like you said like usually when we try to change someone this is my testimony before I met my husband I tried to change this guy and it did not like it actually changed me in the negative it didn't change him in the positive it changed me in the negative because I was just letting him corrupt me um whether I realized it or not and I was surrounding myself like I was still going to church I was still doing all the, the Christian girl thing but like the people that were speaking into my life the most him and then his friends and that friend group um was the, the people that were speaking into my life and they were not speaking truth yeah. they were not Christians and so you can be in a situation where you're still like plugged into church and still like in the word but like who's voice are you going to let be loudest in your life? And for me, I saw that it was, even though I was still in the church and in community, just the voices that were elevated were not the right ones. And it took me to like that conviction from the spirit to realize that. I also was thinking, Maddie, like when you're talking about like just like leading in relationships. Like when I was dating my now husband, Michael, when we we were dating, I just, like I put a lot of pressure on him. I put a lot of pressure on him to be perfect, to be this perfect leader, which is unrealistic because you're not in marriage covenant yet. But I do think there is a really good tell when you are dating to know that, okay, he's not technically my spiritual leader yet, but how is he like, how is the trajectory going? Like, is he leading to that? Can I give him grace to know that he is on a good track? Because a lot of us can see that. Obviously, we know that like we all grow and change and are sanctified in the Lord. Praise God. Um, But like, can we see that as a possibility? Can we see it going that way? Can we see it from the fruits that and the foundation that he's laying now? I think is a really big tell because 
I was so, not fair in how I pressured him, but I was like, I do need to look at the stepping stones. Yeah. And in the same way, this conversation that Maddie and I are talking about friends is like for us too. Like, can we see these red flags in our lives too? If so, we need to work on that, you know, personally absolutely. as well. It's like not just all on them. Right. No. And I think that is so true. I actually wrote, um, I had, I did these little love letter series on my Instagram and mm-hmm. I, yeah. one of the love letter series that I wrote, um, one of the love letters I think was titled to the one who has standards, but no grace. Mm. And this was to me, (laughs) this was literally to me. I mean, they were all to me, but they, it was, it was literally a reminder because I was that person that had, you know, that preached have high standards, have high standards, Mm. but yet had no grace and no patience and no, um, you know, giving them the opportunity to learn things for themselves. Mm. And I think two questions that I talk about, you know, in the book that was important for me was, you know, are they capable of leading me? And how, how you evaluate that is not, are they perfect? Do they never make mistakes? Are they perfect? Are they, cause that's not possible. You're not perfect. Right. I'm not perfect. None of us right. are perfect. Yes. Um, that's why we need God's grace. But I think one way you can really measure that is not like, and I love that you spoke to this. It's not necessarily even how they're leading you in a dating relationship, because really that is saved for the covenant relationship within the right. context of marriage. But you can evaluate if they're worth following by watching the way that they lead themselves and the way that they lead the people around them. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest ways I was able to evaluate Grant is going to be capable of leading me because of the way he leads himself and because of the way he leads his friends and because of the way that he sets such high standards for himself. He protects his purity. He seeks Mm -hmm. after the Lord with all his heart. He spends hours in God's word. He's in a community group. He's confessing daily. Like he's a part of a local church. Like those were things that I was looking at in his life. And I was like, okay, he is leading himself well. Like he is Mm -hmm. holding himself to a high standard and he's he's building a community around him that if he falls, he's falling into community and not into, you know, a not recoverable sin pattern. Like he's falling into grace and into people that will continue to push him closer Mm. to Jesus. And so I think, is he capable of leading you? Um, That is an important question to ask within the context of dating, but make sure you're evaluating, not necessarily Um, you know, if he's leading you spiritually in the dating context, because I do believe that is just for marriage, but how he's leading himself and how he's leading those around him. And then the second question is, does he want to lead you? Mm. (laughs) Like, does he put in the effort to show you that one day he would love to be your spiritual leader? Like does is he making, I guess within the dating context is like, is he making effort to pursue you and to constantly challenge you? Uh, to be the best version of yourself mm. as a Christ follower. Yeah. And so yeah. like, those are questions just to be asking yourself within the dating uh, relationship. Yeah. And I do think that it was so important that you spoke to um, that verse, bad company corrupts good character. And I don't know if it's Proverbs 13, 20, but I know Proverbs 13, 20 is a form of that because yes. it talks about like surround yourself with, with wisdom and you'll become wiser, like surround yourself with wise people and you'll become wiser. But if you surround yourself with fools, like you Mm -hmm. will have trouble. And I think that that is so important within the context of especially dating. Like, I think we totally overlook that and we're like, they'll get better or we'll change them. Mm -hmm. I know I've done that. That's been my past. And it's been my story too. Like I'm with you every single time I was the one who was affected negatively. Right. And 
I did not push them closer to Jesus, but yet I fell further away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that is why I truly believe that like strong and healthy relationships are strong and healthy before they ever even start because it mm-hmm. takes two strong and two strong, healthy Christ followers who were wholeheartedly running after Jesus coming together saying, Hey, this isn't even about like, if we get together, if we get married one day, our relationship is not just for us. Our relationship is for something so much bigger than us. And so our goal is to make each other more like Jesus. And our goal is to push each other closer to Jesus. And our Mm -hmm. goal is to help each other make a difference for Jesus. And those are the things that we should be striving after and pursuing and looking in a dating relationship and evaluating can this person do that for me one day Mm -hmm. and then that you know is the prayer for marriage that you guys are that you guys do that that you're making your identity in Christ stronger your faith stronger your purpose in Christ stronger um so yeah that those were things that really helped me when I was navigating I feel like I definitely tried and failed a lot and definitely learned a lot even going into um you know with Grant um some things he had to call me out on you know some unhealthy toxic thinking patterns that I had you know when it came to dating and so um I'm very vulnerable in this book and talk a lot about you know the moments where I didn't do it right and where I had high standards and no grace um Mm -hmm. and tried to be someone else's Holy Spirit and ultimately just yeah. realized, okay, I, I have to realize I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and the person that I want to do life with forever needs to mm-hmm. also be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the only way that yeah. our relationship is going to be all that God has called it to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I love too, and what I, what I hope and pray that people are hearing through this conversation, through not only your testimony, Maddie, which is so powerful, but just through God's truth is that regardless of how many relationships you've had, whether it's like 10 or two or none, that like we cannot like discount or think or expect we know what God's going to be doing in our story. Yeah. I think as a Christian girl, especially we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get it right the first time, to do everything perfect the first time. And I got to be honest, like I said earlier, we don't know how God works. Sometimes you marry and and you're, you're with the person you date first for the rest of your life. But for many of us, it's not. And it's so many mistakes. It's so many regrets, but also seeing the redemption that God has through it. And I just want maybe to someone listening, I want to give you that permission slip to not feel like you have to get it perfect the right time because all you can do is just honor the Lord intentionally with every relationship. First of all, your relationship with him, but then your relationship with other people. Because I remember feeling really bad that my first boyfriend was not my husband thinking for some weird reason that it had to be, but I know that I learned so much through it and that God knew and that in a lot of ways, I learned so much that strengthened my relationship with my now husband. And so I don't know if you're listening to that and feeling like you have to get it right first, that's just a lie from the enemy. That's perfectionism again, like we were talking about. So Maddie, I am so encouraged by you. There's so much more we could say, but obviously it's all in the book and we want people to read the book and be so encouraged just like I have. So will you kind of encourage people like to grab the book? Where is it? Where can people connect with you as we close? Yeah, and I'm so glad that you ended with that that thought because I do just want to say like yeah, I, there's a whole chapter on rejection in this book and I honestly originally had like four chapters on rejection and my <laughs> publisher was like, okay, let's reduce it to one because 
rejection is so real and whether we feel rejected because we're not in a relationship and other people are or we're we feel rejected because we were in a relationship and that person cheated on us or left us or broke up with us I have dealt with so much rejection and I think it's very easy to look at where someone else is now. Like for people to look at my life and be like, Oh, she's married now. I have dealt with so much rejection and I still Mm -hmm. constantly have to remind myself of God's truth because those little rejection lies will start to get triggered again. And I have learned over the years to really cling to Romans 8 28, that he truly does work all things together for good and to thank him for the closed doors and the broken dreams and the unmet expectations and the mm. failed relationships just as much as the open doors and all the moments that it worked mm. out the way that I wanted it to because he was so in every single bit of it like he was in every closed door he was in every not right now he was in every unmet dream and I am so grateful that it didn't always work out the way that I wanted it to because it mm-hmm. did ultimately lead to his best and it led to a deepening and a deeper relationship with him which is the most so important And so So I just want to encourage, you know, that person who's like really struggling with rejection and not feeling good enough, that closed door is just God's way of telling you that you're so much better than maybe what you just tried to settle for. Mm. And you just need to remember that he is sovereign, that he is in control and that he wants the very best for you. Um, And so I just really hope that that encourages those because I know that was me. That was so me um, writing this book and even having to remind myself daily of that. Um, Yes, this book is available at every bookstore, uh, I think. It it should be at Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Um, It's on Amazon. I have a website, theloveeverybodywants.com, that you also can check it out at. And so so many different places if you're like me and you like going into bookstores you can literally go into a bookstore and find it there or I also love a good old Amazon just type it in real quick and it gets to the door in two days um so yeah you pretty much can find it anywhere um I really pray that it encourages you I also have it on audiobook if you're not much of a sit down you know open a book I mean you just want to listen to it um I read my audiobook so it is my voice so fun um, and so, yeah, you guys can go and check it out wherever and, um, or check out my Instagram at Maddie crew. And I have, um, everything linked there too. Perfect. You guys, I'll have it linked in the episode description as well. So you can grab a copy, please, please, please let us know if anything in this conversation encouraged you by screenshotting the episode, tagging us. We want to see what resonated, um, and what encouraged you today, Maddie, thank you so much. I'm so glad to find a new friend in you and so hopeful for what God's going to do in our listeners and what he's already done in my heart from learning from you. So thank you, friend. I am declaration. I am walking in purpose and living my dreams. I am a breathing example of faith. I am creative, innovative, and full of energy. I am organized in my time, thoughts, and efforts. I am courageous, clear, and productive each day. I am blessed with supportive and healthy friendships and relationships. I am continuously walking in God's favor and peace. I am financially, spiritually, mentally, and physically healthy and wealthy. I am stress-free, happy, peaceful, grateful, and successful.
This concludes today's episode. I hope and pray that you are blessed and uplifted in your soul. And just be sure to catch me back on next time. And this is Monique signing off, adding sprinkles in your day. Continue to stay blessed, stay healthy, and stay safe. Smile. Jesus loves you, and I do too. Peace and love. If you're out and about on the street and your phone is about to die, you know that feeling like, oh no, what am I about to do? I'm just about to make this phone call. Oh my gosh. No need to worry. Introducing the PowerPod. PowerPod is a mobile device charger that will charge your iPhone or Android device right on the spot. It's not just a charge cable. It's actually a fully rechargeable battery that's the size of a keychain. Forget those bulky charge cases or solar charges. PowerPod is a perfect tech device companion to take everywhere with you to make sure that you always have all the extra power that you need. The PowerPod is lightweight and it fits right on your key and plugs into your phone without any cables so you're never stuck with a dead battery again. Listen, it used to be $29.99. Now, the price is today on sale $19.95. So you might want to jump at that right now. The secret is PowerPod's built-in micro high velocity charger that delivers instant power that lasts for hours. So you can attach one to your key ring or your briefcase, your handbag, your gym bag. It's also the perfect size to stick on to backpacks so that the kids can call for a ride after school or practice all right so what are you waiting for order yours today at powerpod.com that's powerpod.com